Dear friends in Jesus, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Sermon text this morning is in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 22. This is what you will say to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord. The Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken the words which you have heard. But because your heart was repentant and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants, that it will be desolate and cursed, and you have torn your clothes and have wept before me, I, even I, have heard you, says the Lord. Therefore, be aware of this. I will gather you to your forefathers. You will be gathered to your grave in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I will bring upon this place and its inhabitants. They brought the message back to the king. The word of the Lord. Dear friends, have you ever lost a Christmas present? A couple of years ago, I read about a boy in Florida who woke up and didn't have any Christmas presents. Someone quickly brought them to their home, but apparently there was a truck, or two vehicles involved, one of them had all the Christmas presents, and at a sharp turn, a bag of presents tumbled out. And so a little boy woke up, and they had him on the news. He didn't look too happy still that he hadn't gotten his Christmas present, as I imagine a lot of us who expect things in this life wouldn't. Yeah, I think that is maybe one of the most disappointing things. Sometimes it's a joke or a fake out. You think you've opened all the presents. Mom or dad pull out the present that was in the bedroom the whole time that no one goes into in the spare room. And wow, it's exactly what you, just what you wanted. But that's, that's not always the case. Not every Christmas. And to be honest with you, the world in which we live has a lot of expectations. Fosters, grows a lot of expectations in us that frankly, it is unable to meet. And I'll tell you, one person's trash is another person's treasure. Didn't give you all the context in our sermon text this morning. In the book of 2 Kings, we've gone through a line of the kings of the southern kingdom of Judah, the line of King David. And as it turns out, just like King David himself, not all of these kings were very good. Some of them had a heart for the Lord, but we see their failings. And we've been looking at all the good kings primarily because we want to see where even the good kings have failed and still need the king of kings. Because as it turns out, that's, that's pretty true to life. And, and we believe that all of these stories are real and were true in real life. In fact, there's no other book than the Bible that even tries to put itself in geographical location, in history, the Old Testament cites 50 figures of history that you can find outside of the Bible, and archaeological discoveries bear that out many times over and over again. The king we're looking at today is Josiah. Turns out to be a boy king, a little boy of eight years old. And guess what he finds? 
His father and his grandfather have taken all the treasures out of, out of the temple. They didn't want to have anything to do with this Jesus Christ who was to come. They would have known him as Hamashiach, the Messiah, the Christ in Greek, is the anointed one, the chosen one who was to come. But his father and grandfather chased after other gods and turned out not to be very faithful rulers of God's own people. Except there, were, there was one treasure in the temple that hadn't been discovered, hadn't been carried out, and no one really wanted it anymore. There's a priest named Hilkiah who was very close with the king, Josiah, and turns out he was looking around, rummaging through, throwing out some false gods, some idols taken out of the temple, and he recovered the book of the law, what you and I would call the Bible. And he brought it out and he said, look, here's the Bible. Someone else grabbed that Bible, took it to the king and read it to him for Christmas. I don't know how many of you would think that's just the greatest gift in the world, but hopefully it's a good number. For you and me, if, if I asked you where to find a Bible, all you would have to do is reach in front of you. We've got them in every pew, or maybe open up your phone and take a look. It'd be very simple to go and find how accessible, how ubiquitous, how this Bible is everywhere. And that's a really good thing because it means you have what God has to say to his people. Now, at first, it was, it was bad news. Um, as the king heard about this, he had already started reforming things and trying to turn the worship to the true God after 65 years of faithful, faithlessness. I think about that. What happened 65 years ago? Well, a little more than 65 years ago, my grandparents were writing love letters to one another. And a couple of years ago, um, my parents retired and moved and found those love letters between my grandparents. I knew my grandparents loved each other, and, and they lived their whole life being married. Um, but I didn't know exactly how that sounded, how exactly they would speak to one another leading up to their marriage. Now I know a little bit about that because we have their love letters. And as it turns out, in some relationships where there's love, there's also hardships. There's failure to meet expectations. There's people who don't love as they should. So with this king, he found out that his nation, King Josiah, this boy king, found out that his nation had not held up their end of the bargain. It had not been very loving. And they found it out in the book because they understood what the whole people had committed to years and years ago and none of them had lived up to those expectations. And so he was a heart after the Lord. He tore his clothes and he repented. And this is a, a very key factor when it comes to the Bible. When people find out something bad is going on, they say sorry for their sins. They say sorry to each other, the people they've sinned against, and they say sorry to God. And God promises great things. Forgiveness of sins, taking those sins away eternal life, salvation, protection from spiritual harm, a God who speaks to our eternal souls. And it's all wrapped up in an unlikely package of two covers and pages in between. Or for them, maybe a rolled up scroll with pages as you, as you go along and unroll it from one end to the other. That's the unlikely 
present. Yes, it gives us what's right and wrong, what, what's true of God's law and where we have failed, but then it speaks to us and gives us promises. By Josiah's time, they would have already known there was a seed that would come to crush the serpent's head. There was a lion of Judah who would come. There was this great feast of Passover that celebrated coming out of Egypt. And all of it was to point ahead to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. They would have understood there was a great priest to, of priests who would come and hurt for them who would take the pain of, and punishment of their sins. They understood there would be a great prophet, greater than anyone who'd come before, even Moses. They would have had something to put their hope and trust in. And it's not too different for you and for me. The message of the Bible back there then was Jesus Christ is coming. The message in the New Testament looks back and says Jesus Christ has come. And now this is what it means for you and me. This Christmas, I urge you to consider looking at the cradle of this King of Kings, Jesus Christ, in all of its lowliness and humility, this manger, this feeding trough for animals, as another present, but not just another present, a better present than all. Growing up, sometimes our parents would wrap presents in comic books, in comic magazines that you get in the newspaper. Not comic books, but, you know, the funnies. They'd wrap presents in the funnies, and I don't know who else has that experience, but you look at them and you think, well, that's, you know, that's kind of ragtag thrown together, but inside of those presents were some of the best things. Well, inside of one of the meagerest of all presents, the manger, is the best thing, the king of kings. And with him, inside of that package, just this lowly babe, is the true Son of God, also true man, come for you and for me to live a perfect life in our place when we did not and to die an innocent death for those who were guilty of sin, to be a substitute for what we have done so that he could give things. And inside that present, inside that manger gift, are bigger gifts than you and I could ever imagine. There's a God who takes away our sins, a God who gives us salvation, a God who reconciles us, the Son reconciles us to the Father so that we can be inseparable, so that wherever we go, no matter where we are, we can pray to Him, we can speak to Him, we can get that burden off of our hearts, and we can hear Him in His Word of grace. That's who He is. He's a God of words who gives us hope and comfort, fulfillment and a future and a life to come. Josiah would be a great king for 31 years. But in a time when Babylon and Egypt were fighting over to be the world power, who was going to be the next empire? It was really between those two nations. Josiah got mixed up in a battle. And the Lord did take him to rest with his fathers before the utter and complete destruction of Jerusalem. And then you get men like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Ezekiel being carried off to Babylon. We've got some great stories of faith there the children have heard. And you've got this prophecy of the line of David culminating in Jesus Christ, that present of presence. Treasure that present when the world doesn't. Also treasure your Bibles. Like I said, we're coming up with a new class. It's going to be Monday nights. I would love to open that present with you and pull out all of the gifts that are there in the scriptures. And someone recently told me this. He said, you know, I've been reading the Bible. It's not, 
It's not an easy book. It opens up in this warts and all. There's some pretty nasty things in there, and that's true. The Bible doesn't always put the thick black marker of this is a sin in there for us, but it shows us real people. And it shows us that there was a need for the promise of the king of kings, even for a good king, like King Josiah. That means there's promises, even for good children who aren't perfect, even for good parents who have not yet demonstrated perfect love in the home, even for good friends and grandparents and family members, we hold tightly to this King of Kings because He forgives and He shows us the way into the future forever. It's in His name that we say Amen.